Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Judges uh, chapter 1 now. The Israelites, they got together, they inquired of God on how to finish getting the rest of their enemies out of the land, and Joshua had been pushing on them to get close to God and his word. Remember, uh, before he passed away, do things God's way. And so after Joshua's passing, after he passed away, Israel asked, so what do we do now? And I'm glad they asked the Lord that, so now what do we do? And they, de- uh, they decided to ask God, and he told them, pull out their best military power and go finish the conquering. And so from verse Verses 1 through 17 that we went through last time, everything is going the way God told them to do it. They're destroying everybody, and they're taking everybody out. But from verse 18, we're going to see that that conquest momentum starts drastically slowing down. (laughs) It's not going like it was going anymore. That Things start winding down a bit. And this is where we really need to pay attention because you ever wind down and realize, "Uh uh-oh, I'm not really serving God and doing what he told me that I should do. And so here we are now from Joshua 1 and 18. Lord, be with us as we study your word. Bless us in the understanding with the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for the conviction and the blessing together in Jesus' name. Amen. So Judges 1 and 18. Also, Judah took Gaza with its territory, Ashkelon with its territory, and Ekron with its territory. So the Lord was with Judah. And they drove out the mountaineers, but they could not drive out the inhabitants of the lowland because they had chariots of iron. So now you're wondering, why couldn't they take these iron chariots out? I mean, when I'm reading it, I'm thinking, what's an iron chariot to God? Well, I mean, they've done bigger things. They went through uh, uh, Jericho and all that. Um, Judah's failure to take out these people was not because God was absent, nor was it because God wasn't able to, but because God had warned them already before we've seen. He says, you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall tear down their altars. Now, coming up in chapter 2, I'm going to give you a a preview ahead. We're going to see that God rebukes them for not obeying him in this. And he tells them he's not going to drive out these people so that these these enemies are going to be a problem for them. And this is why they can't drive them out. It wasn't just the, the chariots alone. It was because they're not doing something right. Something starts going bad here. Something starts going wrong. And, and the result of that is they can't conquer. We already saw that in, jo- in the book of Joshua. Somebody sinned and messed up. Well, you go up against the city of Ai and 36 men died. It's, it, we don't have the complete victory that we once had. So anyway, but um, he's not going to drive out these people. They're going to be a problem to the Israelites for not doing what God said. And so when you see a chronological observance Uh, in order, of time order, to the text later in chapter 2, then you can do the math and realize that by the time they came to these iron chariots, they're not doing something right. Uh, 
Something's, something's off, and that's why they can't take them out. Basically, I just spent a whole lot of time to convey one thought to you, and that one thought is, do things God's way, or you're going to have trouble. <laughs> it's pretty a simple thought that we can boil it down to. Um, Judges 1 and 20. And they gave Hebron to Caleb, as Moses had said, then he expelled from there the three sons of Anak. So, okay, you remember how we went through the story of Othniel and Aksa from the book of Joshua, and it was given us to again in Judges 1 as a reminder. Here we have another incident of that. We've already been through this. Uh, another reminder from Joshua about when Caleb took Hebron. We've already seen that. And this was uh, first in Joshua chapter 14. But we're being reminded of conquering victories and setbacks. Because remember, not everybody had the book of Joshua laying around. Some of these people may have only had the book of Judges. And they would need these recorded reminders for them. What helps me understand chronological order in the Bible. A, a series of events. Is when a passage says, then Israel took this group. Then they took that group. And then this happened. Therefore, that happened. You get these little hint words that means that now next and now next. So, uh, but verse 20 does not say then they, they took, gave Hebron or took Hebron. It says, and they gave Hebron to Caleb. Did you notice that? It didn't say then Caleb, because then that would throw you in a chronological error. Oh, well, I thought this already happened in Joshua. Why are we seeing then in Judges? So there's little words like that that can really help. So it's not a this now happened moment. It's a reminder. And Caleb and this. Then they're going to go back to the order of events. Then they took this group, then they took that group. So it kind of helps you chronologically understand when the Bible says then or and. Ray, you sure are picking on words awful hard. (laughs) Well, there's a reason it's worded like this. It's to help you understand order. So anyway, it's another reminder of Caleb. So now Judges 1 and 21. But the children of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites who inhabited Jerusalem. So the Jebusites dwell with the children of Benjamin in in Jerusalem to this day. So we're saying, okay, Caleb had no problem. But you see what the Bible just did? Here's a reminder. And Caleb went and took this. He's got Hebron. But the children of Benjamin couldn't do it. So we're reminded you've got some victories going on. But you got some guys that couldn't do it. And so here's another snag that they could not pull off. And we have to remember the promise that was given to them back in Joshua 3 and 10. It says, and Joshua said, by this you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites, Amorites and Jebusites without fail without fail. Now, some people go, oh, well, God without fail will drive them out. Well, suddenly they're not driving them out. Well, God must fail. No, that's not, that's not what's going on here. He says, Joshua said, by this, you will know that the living God is among you. If the living God is among you, you will conquer. So if you're not conquering, it's not because God's failing. It's because God's not with you in this for some reason. Something's going wrong. You're messing up. That's the math here. So the tribe of Benjamin couldn't drive out the Jebusites when God promised to do it as evidence that he'd be with them. There's a problem. Something's not going right. Big problem. But not only is it a problem, it's becoming a pattern. It's becoming a pattern. Judges 1 and 22. And the house of Joseph also went up against Bethel. 
and the Lord was with them. So the house of Joseph sent men, sent men to spy out Bethel. The name of the city was formerly Luz, Luz. And when the spies saw a man coming out of the city, they said to him, please show us the entrance to the city and we will show you mercy. So he showed them the entrance to the city and they struck the city with the edge of the sword. But they let the man and all his family go. And the man went to the land of the Hittites, built a city and called its name Luz, which is its name to this day. So what a huge difference here with the house of Joseph, because it specifically says, and the Lord was with them, okay? The Lord was with them. In verse 21, does it say the Lord was with the tribe of Benjamin? It doesn't say that, but it says with, with these guys here, with Joseph, the Lord was with them. And so what was the outcome? Couldn't drive out the enemy. Uh, I, like I said, I'm starting to see a really obvious pattern here. There's a lot of people, I'm saved, I'm saved, but they're not doing what God says, and they wonder why their life is such a mess. Why am I so defeated all the time? Well, you're not really in tune with God like you're trying to make people think. So anyway, isn't it interesting, though, uh, to be a chosen people of God and yet not be able to take on a trial because God's not with you? I'm a chosen person of God. It's these Israelites. They're chosen of God, but they still can't do this trial because he's not with them. And it's these people, I'm saved, I can conquer anything, I can do anything. But there's some disobedience somewhere in their life that they're not doing right. And so they're not doing what God's telling them to do. And they run out and they try to do all this great work and they fall right on their head. I've seen people do this in ministry many times. Uh, I was probably one that did it at a point. Um, I know a guy, he tried to launch a church and it blew up in his face so bad that he's disgusted by even the mere thought of even going to church. He was going to try to start a church up in Alaska. It blew up. He was in this big hurry. I'm saved of God. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do it. I'm going to. He tried to go out to battle and there was too many things that wasn't right in his life and it, it, it went bad. Now he's ruined. Saved or not, though, whether you're in right with the Lord or, or not, saved or not, you cannot stand before your enemies if God is not with you. If you're against the Lord and you've got some little hidden disobedience that you're not taking very seriously, God is going to hand you over. And the reason he does that is to get us to wake up. So the thing to do here is uh, when you're in this big hurry and I'm going to go out and I'm going to, the thing to do is wait, get your life in order. Let some counsel speak to you. Let, listen to people. Don't just think of yourself so capable. You just jump and run out there. And the only reason I'm saying this is because I know a lot of guys that they're in this big hurry. They want to go, I'm going to do the work of the Lord and they are going to, oh, they're going to get in trouble. It's going to be so bad. So get right with the Lord. These Israelites, they're running out. They're trying to do all this stuff. They're not right with the Lord and they're paying for it. Spend some time getting right with God and he'll send you when it's time. But even after he sends you, keep close to him, very, very close to him in, in obedience. Israel's learning this lesson right here. It applies to us. Judges 1 and 27. This is the incomplete conquest of the land. However, Manasseh did not drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shean and its villages, or Tanakh and its villages, or the inhabitants of Dor and its villages, or the inhabitants of Iblim and its villages, or the inhabitants of Megiddo and its villages. For the Canaanites were determined to dwell in that land. And it came to pass when Israel was strong that they put the Canaanites under tribute, but did not completely drive them out. So, we have here this determination of the Canaanites to stay put. The 
the Canaanites' determination to stay was stronger than the faith that Manasseh had. When, when, when the determination of the world gets stronger than your faith and you compromise, you're getting in trouble. You're getting in trouble. Israel's faith is starting to decrease where they're not able to drive the people out like God told them to do. And so what did they do? They compromised. Well, we can't drive them out, so let's do this instead. Compromise is not good when it comes to the rest of the world. It says, when Israel was strong, they put the Canaanites under tribute. That means they made them do work for them. God did not tell them to make workers out of them. He never told them to make compromises either. What did he say? He said, destroy them. Tear their altars down. Get them out of here. He didn't say use them. What's eventually going to happen is that after enough time, the Canaanites are going to get stronger and they're going to turn around. They're going to put the Israelites in slavery. That's what's going to become of this. Compromise always backfires on you. And the world is always telling you to compromise, compromise. It's a new word now. It's called tolerance. Tolerance, tolerance, tolerance. What they're trying to do is get you to compromise your faith. They're going to say your faith is wrong for thinking this way. So you need to compromise and have a little more tolerance or you're uh, a whatever. They call you all these names and you cave into that pressure. You compromise. They're getting stronger. They're going to put you in slavery. And it's not going to feel good for you. There's the, I, the whole nation's going on like this. They're backing off the word of God. Well, let's don't preach that verse. Let's don't go here. Let's don't say that because that'll offend this group. This will offend that group. So stay away from that. Compromise, compromise, compromise. Now we've got a bunch of defeated people walking around. Just, uh, what do we do? Well, well, let's just give up. Might as well, can't beat them, join them. That's kind of the impression here that Israel's doing. They're compromising. And this is why God told them up front, destroy them. Because if they didn't, they'd be the ones in slavery all over again. You know, God didn't deliver Israel out of Egypt, taking them out of slavery to let them go and worship false gods and become slaves again. He delivered them out of Egypt so that they would worship him freely. And you know, likewise, God didn't save you and draw you out of sin and save you out of sin so that you could turn right back around and go be slave to the world again. That's not what he wants us to do. We're to walk in freedom and serve him and worship him. Israel compromised and they're going to pay for it. This is a good lesson for us. Judges 1 and 29. Nor did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites who dwelt in Gezer, so the Canaanites dwelt in Gezer among them. So, okay, we got to recall again. Uh, what Joshua warned him about. Here we got this pattern going on. What Joshua warned him about in Joshua 23 and 6. Therefore, be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside it to the right hand or to the left, and lest you go among these nations, these who remain among you. He said, if you're not, if you're not on target, you're going to go in with these guys. You're going to go in among them. And what did the tribe of Ephraim do? It says they dwelt among them. They're all living in the same towns together. They went in among them. That's exactly what he told them. If you go to the left or right, if you stray off the narrow way, you're going to go in with them. And look at what they're doing. They're dwelling together. They're doing exactly that. Joshua told them, don't do that. <laughs> he says, don't do that. Living with them means that you have turned aside from the law. 
And you remember how the last chapter of Joshua, how Joshua went round and round with the people to try to get them to commit to doing things God's way. And they kept saying, yes, we'll do it. Yes, we'll serve the Lord. Oh, yes, we're witnesses. We're going to do it God's way. You remember that? And Joshua wasn't really buying it. And he even went so far as to set up a, a, a witness memorial stone with the law inscribed on it, everything he could think of to do. Something that would stand there and last to remind them, don't do this. And they're like, yes, we'll do it. And here they are doing it. I don't know how many years later this was, late, uh, months or what, I don't know, but they're already doing it. Oh, man. The tribes are compromising. They're going in among the, Israel, the Canaanites that God said to destroy. Guys, you know what I see going on? What I see going on is I see man getting himself into trouble like he always does. <laughs> and what happens when man gets himself into a, in a snag? He needs a savior. He needs a savior. Okay, there's a theme formulating here. Joshua 1 and 30. Nor did Zebulun drive out the inhabitants of Kitron or the inhabitants of Nahalal. So the Canaanites dwelt among them and were put under tribute. There's compromise. Let's use them again, right? Verse 31. Nor did Asher drive out the inhabitants of Echo or the inhabitants of Sidon or of Alab, Akseb, Hilba, Afik, Rehob. All, look at all these places, guys. Look at all these, the, these towns. So the Asherites dwelt among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land, for they did not drive them out. Nor did Naphtali drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh or the inhabitants of Beth Anath, but they dwell among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land. Nevertheless, the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh and Beth Anath were put under tribute, under, uh, under tribute to them. Compromise after compromise. Disobedience after disobedience. Guys, do y'all realize there's no compromise in God's word? You realize there's zero compromise? Jesus says, I am the only way to the Father, and that's it. There's no compromise. There's not, well, there's got to be a few other ways. No, there's not. There's just one way. No compromise. And we have to represent that. And we have to teach that. And we got to tell people that in a world that says, tolerance, tolerance, you have to compromise to me. Don't compromise from that. Well, if you don't compromise, that means you hate me. No, because I love you, I can't compromise. I have to tell you the truth. I'm not going to lie to somebody. People lie to people they hate probably. I'm going to tell the truth. This is no compromise in this. They're not, the Israelites are not doing what God told them to do. Basically, they're not doing it. Now, I want you to notice something here. The tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali put the Canaanites to work just like Manasseh did. But look what it says about the tribe of Asher. They didn't even put them to work. They just went in and lived with them. And I'm thinking, goodness, you just go live with them? I mean, at least put them to work. <laughs> they didn't even do that. Didn't even do that much. All these tribes are compromising, putting the Canaanites to work, but Asher didn't even do that. It's getting worse, guys. This story is getting worse by the minute. More compromise, more damage. But watch what happens next. Judges 1, 34. And the Amorites forced the children of Dan. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop. Wait a minute. This is backwards. This ain't the way it's supposed to go. The Amorites forced the children of Dan into the mountains, for they would not allow them. What? <laughs> the 
Amorites aren't allowing Israel to come in? Isn't there supposed to be a conquest here? For they would not allow them to come down to the valley. And the Amorites were determined to dwell in Mount Herez, in Ajalon, and in Shalbim. Yet when the strength of the house of Joseph became greater, they were put under tribute. Now the boundary of the Amorites was from the ascent of Akrabim, from Selah, and upward. Gosh, the, the Israelite tribe of Dan didn't go live among the Amorites. They didn't even put them under tribute either. Either They weren't even allowed to come in at all. This is getting bad. This isn't good. <laughs> Not only is the conquest momentum slowing down, but here it stopped. It's done. Not only did it stop, but now they're getting pushed back the other way. And I, to my friends out there, my, my Christian friends, you compromise and, and you start getting into a pattern and the world teaches us this pattern. Compromise, compromise, compromise. Now it's so disobedience. Now you're not conquering. Now not only are you not conquering, you're not doing what God told you to do. And now not only are you not doing what God told you to do, but now the world is putting the screws to you. Now you're under the world's thumb. And now you're walking around going, oh gosh, why is my life like this? Turn it around. Start doing what God told you. Stop listening to what the world says. Oh, you can't talk like that. You can't. I have, you know, I, when I was at work, when I used the place I used to work at, I was literally told, this is a place of business. You keep the word of God outside the door. You don't come in here with it. They told me you leave your Bible outside of this place of business. I was literally told that. What did I do? I kept bringing my Bible in. I'm not trying to start a fight. I need my word of God. When I have my break time or my lunch, I want to read it. The tribe of Dan was supposed to dominate the Amorites. It wasn't supposed to go the other way around. Friends, in Jesus, we're supposed to be conquerors. That's what we're charged to be, conquerors. That doesn't mean grab your Bible, go smack people over the head with it, knock them down. But it does mean that you don't let the enemy tell you what you can and can't do when God gives you orders. When God gives you a command, go do that. I'm going to tell you a personal testimony real quick. I had a lot of people tell me, you cannot do ministry. I had people tell me, you're not. I had a pastor tell me, I'm not called. You can't do it. I was looking on YouTube the other day. I learned that when I post YouTube stuff of the church, block comments. <laughs> Disable the comments. There was a, a YouTube video. I think it was a, the video of me baptizing uh, Jamie. And somebody put a comment on there, just tore me to shreds. You are not called of God. You are an evil person. You twist the scripture, blah, 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 blah. You don't have to listen to that. They're not going to push me. Here, the Amorites pushed Dan. They weren't allowed to come in at all. Nothing. Dan was supposed to dominate the Amorites, not the other way around. So we got these tribes coming in to clean out the rest of the Canaanites still hanging around, but a pattern has started in Israel. And when the pattern starts, what does leaven do? It leavens the whole lump. It gets into everybody. Their faith is starting to get weak, not just individually, but their faith has gotten weak on a national level. Those of you that remember the United States of America more than 40 years ago, it wasn't like this. There's a national problem. And so as faith goes down, it's like a seesaw. When faith goes down, compromise goes up. 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.